Hello, what's up? Hey, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Artemis Podcast. My name is Lauren Gwynn, and thank you so very much for joining me again on this lovely Monday for another episode of our podcast. Today, I have the distinct pleasure and honor to have with me Miss Jennifer Cassetta, a national self-defense expert, clinical nutritionist, fitness expert, speaker, author, and all-around amazing person. Jennifer is pretty much a superwoman, and today we're going to talk a little bit about how she built her success, her experiences as an independent female entrepreneur, and any advice she has for us ambitious women out there. So stay tuned and let's do some talking. Oh, that noise is obnoxious. Welcome to my podcast. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff. Okay, things, numbers. I post specific. new shows every Monday, so you every can Monday. start your week off right. Okay, hold on. Time out. Pause. What's going on here? Who are you? Oh, um, hi. Uh, my name's Lauren. Okay, well, Lauren, um, who told you to talk when I was trying to sing? Well, uh, no one. I just exactly. Um, so why are you talking? No one cares what you have to say. Well, actually, they do. This is my podcast. Oh, um, actually, no, it's my podcast. Um, no, it's mine. no, it's my podcast. This I don't is know my who podcast. told you that. I don't. I've know. been Can here. Can we get somebody? In I don't here know who you clear are. this up. This is in not her intro podcast. Sucked. Hello, my ears Hello. actually hurt. Hey guys, thank you again for being here, and thank you, Jen, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so happy to be here. So for those of you that don't know who Jennifer Cassetta is, she is a self-defense expert, clinical nutrition, and fitness expert that travels nationally, speaking and sharing her knowledge and experience. Jennifer is a third-degree black belt in Hapkido, which also my father is, which is a really cool coincidence, uh, has her master's degree in nutrition from the University of Bridgeport, and has experience as a personal trainer for VIP clientele, including CEOs, celebrities, and even royalty. Not only does Jennifer have her own DVD series and book that she co-authored, but she also has made many appearances on shows such as The Doctor, Rachel Ray, E, Bethany, Marie Osmond, and The Today Show, as well as contributing to countless publications such as The New York Times, Women's Health, Shape, Marie Claire, Huffington Post, and Livestrong.com. This is just the tip of the iceberg for Ms. Cassetta, so check out her website, jennifercassetta.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-C-A-S-S-E-T-T-A.com. And you'll also be able to find her on our website in the show notes um, for this episode. You can find that on our website, theartemiscompany.org, under podcast, which is also linked in our profile. So today we're going to talk a little bit with Miss Jennifer. I have some questions for you, um, and we're just going to kind of chat about this kind of stuff and, and bring up some things that I think a lot of young women might want to know. So I understand that you had an experience during 9-11 that motivated you to leave your job in event marketing and pursue your entrepreneurial career in nutrition, fitness, and self-defense. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what drew you specifically to those three subject matters? Sure. Um, You did your research. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Okay, so uh, yes, it was 2001. I was in September 11th, and I was working... um, downtown in New York City and I showed up to work that morning and obviously was in the midst of chaos as the towers fell and um, I was kicked out from one building to another trying to look for shelter um, through, oh my gosh. you know, running. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of the scariest times of my life. Um, 
running through ashes and just trying to find shelter. So finally, later on that late morning, I made it to the martial arts school that I had started training in earlier that year. And, uh, you know, to make a long story short, I felt I felt safe again. I felt shelter and I felt the comfort um, of the people that were there helping me and it became like a theme for my life for the next six months. I started to... Um, do lots of soul searching. What do I want to do? My job was gone. I couldn't get it back into that, you know, that building was pretty much closed down from then on. And um, so I spent a lot, a lot of time at this martial arts studio, feeling great, starting to feel the benefits of martial arts, which is, you know, mind, body, and spirit. I was feeling stronger in my body, stronger in my mind, more confident again, and, you know, just trying to find my purpose. So, you know, within that year, I kind of felt that this is what I really want to spend a lot of time with. I want to, how can I make this a career? And that's kind of what led me into, well, I can make money personal training while I'm still learning and teaching martial arts. And later on, basically in a 10-year period, I then decided I know how important food and nutrition is into that equation of being strong, both mentally and physically. So I um, did a health coaching certification and then went back to school later for my master's degree in nutrition. So that's... Awesome. Yeah, that pretty much sums up the 10 years of just working working my butt off and learning as much as I can um, to create, you know, a career out of this. Yeah, that's – I can't imagine going through something like that with the 9-11 experience. That was a very hard time for a lot of people, and obviously I was I was not around to experience that or I was right. too, young to, too young to. But um, yeah. both my parents being military, they have some stories of where they were when that happened. I think a lot of people do. So I can't imagine that having such a personal experience with it. Um, but it's awesome that you use something like that instead of taking it as a negative, using it to make it something positive. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely helped me find my purpose. So um, I'm grateful for the experience. And I also feel obviously very lucky um, that I was safe that day and and, you know, still feel terrible for all the people that didn't make it out okay, you know, or lost others there. So, yeah, it's definitely a big turning point in my life. Yeah, I can't imagine. So for other women out there that are interested in starting their own company, whatever that kind of company might be, um, do you have any advice for them? Yes. Um, oh, yes and no. Because <laughs> every company is going to be so different, right? Um, I never... Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, I'm not in a retail business, so I think someone be, that is going to start a retail business is completely different than really starting um, a business where it's yourself a service business, right? So, if you're thinking about service business, like that's basically what I've done my entire adult life, then yeah, there's plenty of advice. <laughs> oh yeah, I would say if you are going to get into service, really, it's about people. So, um, to to bring your most authentic self to the table. Um, is the most important thing. Um, you know, really find your niche is another important thing. Um, I went through years of, you know, basically I would be a personal trainer to anybody in New York City that could, A, hire me, afford me, find me. And then later on, later on in my career, I, I started to, you know, get more niche about who I'm targeting, um, who do I want to work with, and more and more that's becoming women. And then I have different niches within that sector, right? There's I speak to women realtors who are in real estate and out and about, corporate women, right, college women. So try to really hone in on who you want to 
serve with your service because if you are out there serving people, you have to love what you do. Of course. I think that's why a lot of a lot of people start their own companies is because they want to do something that they love and, and make a living doing it. Um, but yeah, I know just from my limited experience working with um, other entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, which in my social circle tends to be the minority compared to the male entrepreneurs out there. There seems to be like a big jump between having an idea and thinking, oh, that would be something cool and actually deciding and taking the leap and, and the risk to make it a business and to commit something like that. Because um, there's always security in you know, just ha- getting a career and working for someone else. But um, there's a lot of risk that comes along with it. And I think it's really awesome to see strong women going out there and and taking control of their careers and their future. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I just do want to say, I mean, not all unicorns and roses, you know, like, uh, Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Probably already. And you're, you know, just starting out, but it's, I've only had a real job for those first couple of years out of college up until 9-11. So two years that I had jobs where I had to like report to work. So I've been working for myself. This is so like 19 years now. And, um, and I absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but there are pros and cons, obviously. So that's another thing to really weigh out before you jump into starting your own business. Um, maybe you need to do kind of part-time work and slowly get into your business or dive in headfirst if you have like padding and security and all that kind of stuff. But it definitely is tricky um, to balance oh, yeah. all of that. Yeah, definitely. It's not something to take on lightly, that's for sure. Um, right. As I said earlier, you had the amazing opportunities to appear on The Doctors, Rachel Ray, The Today Show, etc., and as well as contribute to a lot of notable publications such as The New York Times and Huffington Post and Women's Health. Just kind of for my own curiosity, can you give me a brief breakdown of how you brought yourself just from a brand new business just starting out all the way to being able to be notable enough to get on those shows and get those opportunities? Because that's pretty amazing. Sure. Yeah. And I can tell you this, I did not hire a PR agency. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely didn't have the funds to do that. Oh, definitely. Um, So uh, it's really, I, I would chalk it up to saying being creative. I was always hustling and trying to be as creative as possible with the resources that I had. So being in New York City at the time, I'll tell you the story how it how the first couple of things happened. I Again, taking something that could potentially be very bad and spinning it, putting a spin on it to make it a story. This is what happened. Um, I was, again, really young, starting out, and the name of my company and my boot camp, I was teaching boot camps and that kind of thing at the time, I called them Health and the City. Sex and the City was huge back then. Mm-hmm. I like, loved it, and I just thought that was like a cool name. And I kept getting these postcards in the mail, like snail mail, not email. Something, something, something about health in the city, you know, from home box office. And I kept throwing them out, going like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> throwing them out, throwing them out. One day I get a phone call. Again, I think this predates cell phones. It was actually on my, like, home phone from a lawyer at HBO. And then it all of a sudden clicked. That's who home box office is. And, <laughs> and the lawyer was telling me that I have to cease using the name Health in the City because they have a trademark on their name. And I said, but it's not, you can't trademark and the city, right? So yeah. So anyway, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? This lawyer, you know, I don't have money to fight a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. So I go into like my mental Rolodex. Who do I know? Who can I help? Who can help? 
and I had done a favor for someone that worked at one of the big, the Wall Street Journal, right, one of the big magazines. And I called that person up, who I barely knew, and said, like, this is what's going on. Do you think anyone would be interested in writing a story about this? And next thing you know, there's a story in the uh, Wall Street Journal. Then I get a call from the New York Post. There's a full-page picture of me in the New York Post. Like, so it just, and then I, you know, was on, you know, New York One, which is a local cable channel there. So it's, it wasn't, I guess the publicity was different than the stuff that I got used to doing later on, which was more about my business and, and creating the Stilettos and Self-Defense brand. But I got to figure out, like, okay, this is how you can spin a story and really start to get into the, you know, different media sections. So, yeah, that's how it, that's how it kind of started. And then later on when I started well, Stilettos and Self-Defense Women's Training Programs, that's when, um, again, I pr- reached out to somebody locally. They liked the story. Um, it, again, it really has to be about a story. You never want to just pitch media going like, oh, this is my business. No one cares, right? They want to hear a story that's interesting that they can spin into a news segment. So I just yeah. figured out the formula and then started doing it and pitching. That's awesome. I know I've I've had the fortunate opportunity to be in a couple different local news shows here in Alabama, being a couple magazine publications and that obviously that's not as awesome as, you know, being in the New York it Times. Is. Um it's it. a little a little lower level, but it's still really cool just to say that I've been on, you know, Fox Six of News course. and things like that. But um those were really awesome opportunities and honestly I just I was just cold emailing a bunch of different, you know, media outlets and right. and a couple of them contacted me back and and I got to go on there and it was really cool and I actually ended up having a couple people reach out to me and ask me to to do a story and I didn't have to initiate the conversation which was kind of like a big break for me. I was like, "Oh wow, people are looking for me and I don't have to look for them." Right. Obviously on a smaller scale, but <laughs> but no, that's awesome. So there seems to be a difference between starting a company with a distinct product or service because, you know, you see you know, companies out there like Apple, it's based on a product. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's companies that are really based on an image and about um, like a person. And since that your company is really centered on you and your personality and your message, can you tell me a little bit about what it's like being in a business for yourself and branding yourself and marketing yourself rather than a product? Sure. Um, and what's coming up for me is that, you know, I think maybe in the beginning stages, I did think, oh, it's about me. But the older I get and the more that I get into my work um, is the more that I want to serve. And I'm going to go back to saying what I said before, which was there's, there's a difference between like a retail a product company and a service. And if you really are like a coach, a trainer, um, anybody that works with the public like that, you're really serving. And if you can tap into that, the why you do it, the service part of it, you're just going to be so good and so unstoppable at what you do that the branding will come easier. Because when you're doing the branding, it's, you know, again, as you mature, not you, I'm just saying, like, people mature and, like, can get out of the, oh, it's about me and look at my pictures, look at me, instead of, like, what's the message I want my potential audience, What what's the message that audience how do I want them to feel and really step out of myself and put myself in their shoes? What can I do to empower my audience right now? What can I say or what image can I put out there that will help them feel what I want them to feel, which is strong, mentally and physically, empowered, safe, 
and powerful. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how, what the lens that I use now when I'm doing my branding, I'm actually in the middle of rebranding my entire thing, website, everything. So yeah, I completely agree. And obviously, I'm in the earlier stages of this business compared to you. But I know that a lot of why I wanted to start this business in the first place was that passion and that service for others and wanting to help other people um, and trying to put forth an effort to do my part in trying to prevent these issues um, that I went through from other women's having to go through that as well. Um, obviously, there's no 100% solution, but just spreading awareness and trying to use a negative, like I said in the beginning, similar to your story, using a negative and m- making a positive out of it. And I'm definitely not someone who likes the spotlight a lot. Um, I've kind of had to adapt to that more as I've been doing this. And um, I remember I went to get some pictures taken from one of my mentors that was like, all right, we're going to do some pictures to put on your website. And I was so uncomfortable. I was like, don't take pictures of me. She's like, we have to. And so, but we actually ended up getting some really cool stuff out of that. And it's been um, really cool, you know, being able to be a little bit vulnerable with myself and, and my story. But along with that, branding yourself as a business like that and really sharing a story, do you feel that your character and personality and opinions are constantly being observed and scrutinized because obviously like you're on the forefront of your business. So is there like that that concern or kind of like second guessing yourself and and concern of like being 100% authentic or or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, I think this comes with time and even you know, getting older and more um uh what's the word? passionate about what it is that I believe in, um, there's always people that are going to not agree with me. Um, it just happened two days ago. You know, I put something on Facebook, a quote that I've been, you know, that was drilled into my head and during martial arts training, be a warrior, not a warrior. You know, in the caption, I wrote something about, you know, um, my own experience with that quote and how that makes me feel. I wasn't telling anybody to do anything or how to be yeah. or what to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of course, there's someone who is accusing me of being insensitive to people with mental illness and this and that. And Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, there's always people that that take things another level that were obviously not intended. But it, yeah. it's yeah. Always. And that's just a small example. I mean, I've gone to different colleges and, you know, 99 percent of the time it's a great, you know, um, it goes really well. And then there's going to be one person in the audience who, you know, feels that she's being victimized by my message or I'm blaming victims by teaching self-defense. Now, mm-hmm. again, that's that's people's stories that they create and then they have this lens of how they're acting out, you know, how they, yeah, how they view the world and, and everything. Exactly. So they're being offended by someone not offending them. So um, Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's always, always going to be people like that. So again, when you're firm in your message, when you really believe in helping and serving and that's what you're doing you know it still is important to be sensitive and I I know I have probably you know edited my content in different ways or put in like trigger warnings or just little messages to help that you know what I can see might be coming at me if that makes sense Um, oh yeah yeah because yeah yeah you unfortunately in this 
climate and in generation it's really everyone is very emotionally uh, based on things and that's not always a bad thing but um you definitely have to think twice about what you put out there and 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 yeah because it's really hard to be 100% raw and and just honest about things because there's always people that will take offense to it and of course it's no one's intention to hurt anyone anyone's feelings like that um yeah especially when it comes to self-defense oh yeah it and that's the thing about that topic unfortunately it Obviously, it's not a fun topic to talk about. No one really wants to talk about these issues with rape and sexual assault and and violence and domestic violence and all of these things that women primarily face. But there needs to be a conversation around it. We can't just say, oh, it's not fun to talk about and just ignore it because it doesn't go away. And so a lot of people are very affronted by just a conversation about it, which is understandable to an extent because, like I said, it can be pretty intense but Mm -hmm. it is I definitely think it's very important to talk about things even if they make us uncomfortable because they're not going to go away unless we acknowledge them you know totally absolutely absolutely right that's I mean I guess that kind of covers the second question that I was going to go into because you know when you're a public figure and people especially with this generation and social media is such a huge part of, of the way we interact with each other it's very very emotionally based with connecting with companies with people and do you find ever that feeling that you might need to change something about you or put up kind of a, a front for the public to try and appease the masses because you may have a belief that's maybe not 100% popular with the public or it's not popular opinion, you know, because that's obviously a concern, especially when it's not just about making friends. It's also about running a business and being successful. So is that ever a concern for you, especially when it comes to social media? Um, yeah. And I think, like I said, just over the years, I've, I've based on feedback that I've gotten, added little trigger warnings or, you know, little statements to just make sure people are very clear on my message. Because I am crystal clear of what I stand for. And this is what I say in my talk. I'm crystal clear. I stand for women's empowerment and safety. So anyone, when you are that clear on what you stand for and you take a stand on an issue, it doesn't, you can get to a point where things just roll off your back. So the haters, the people that want to pick fights with you over your opinions and what you're teaching, like, okay, you know, and I don't engage with that anymore. There's tons of things on, especially YouTube, I find with my self-defense videos on YouTube, I get tons of hate on those. And it mostly comes from men. I would say it all comes from men. I think that YouTube tends to be the platform for people not being afraid to just be outright vicious and mean. Yeah, Yeah. they just... And and it's kind of that mentality that they're they're not if they were in front of you they would probably not say that but since they're behind a computer screen they definitely want to but so I, and a question about you know since we're talking more along the lines of women and and, and the issues that women face um, do you feel that being in the business that you're in that you've either benefited suffered or maybe just been unaffected at all at large by being a woman in your position as opposed to being a man. Um, again, I, I, it goes back to the self-defense stuff. Um, I think most self-defense experts are men. That's just kind of a fact, right, based on percentages. And Definitely. so, I mean, yes and no. I kind of look at it as a, you know, as a benefit because if I want to go out there and empower and teach women self-defense, they can relate to me. I can relate to them. And to me, that's the biggest selling point is as a group of women, whether you're in college or in corporate, would you relate to a big burly guy coming in who maybe is a security guard or a police officer? Not to say that there's anything wrong with them teaching that, but could you relate to that more 
or someone like myself who's 5'2 and, you know, has just trained a long time, um, you know, in martial arts to be able to protect myself and others. So, you know, I look at it more as like, great, I'm, I am in the minority when it comes to self-defense instructors and experts. I'm going to use it to my advantage. I look for the good in that, which again yeah. is relatability. Um, I know what it feels like to be out on the street and feel afraid of someone maybe walking down the street. Men, men don't. So they, they can never be in a woman's shoes. They don't understand what it feels like to be a woman, period. And I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> Oh, no, I completely agree. I'm 100% on the same thought process. I think that, and by no means am I saying that men don't have the capabilities or the, the intelligence to teach these things as well, but I definitely think that it's they will never understand fully what that feels like to be, you know, in a weaker position in these dangerous situations because, unfortunately, you know, I myself as well know that feeling when you're walking alone by yourself, especially at night, and you have that kind of creeping thought coming up in the back of your head I am by myself and if even one person came up and tried to do something I I don't know if I could actually get away and that's definitely not a thought that most men have because they are just more capable and I think society in, in general kind of perpetuates a mindset that men are in control in most situations and so they just don't have that doubt and I think just having that doubtful weaker mindset already sets us back whether or not we are strong enough to or have the capability just coming at it feeling vulnerable already, you're not as prepared. Um, so I completely agree. I would much rather learn from you than from a man, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. And not to say, I mean, I everything I learned, you know, as far as uh, Hapkido went, was from a man. So, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to put anybody down. I'm not at all. But in that question where you ask the negative feedback that I get or anything like that, I'm just, as far as being a woman, I'm going to use it to my advantage. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I took, not that I'm in any way close to an expert, but I took some Hapkido classes when I was younger. Um, and great. I learned from, from a man as well. And my dad, he's gotten up to third degree black belt now. And I learned from so him, cool. um, which is super cool that you guys have that in common. Um, mm -hmm. But, and I learned from him and, and he's actually helped me a lot in inputs and stuff for my company and products and whatnot. So yeah, it's definitely definitely not putting them down at all. So lastly, before we go, I have one more question. What's the best thing that you have gained during this whole process since you left your job in marketing to where you are now? The best thing I've gained, I would say, is uh, my uh, chi warrior attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that phrase. That's awesome. That's the new, yeah, that's the new brand that I'm coming out with. So I'm just going to start using it now. You know, again, it's been a long journey. So I love that I've gotten this far. I feel like I have so much further and so many more things that I have want to do and will accomplish. You know, in my head, I, I get to like, you know, when I start to doubt myself and things, I usually go like, it's taking me so long. It's taking me so long to get here. You know, um, why isn't it faster? Why haven't I been able to do this quicker? Um, and then I'm just like, you know what? This is my path. This is my journey. I'm a warrior. I've been knocked down plenty of times and I'm just going to keep getting up and, you know, and doing it and, and yeah. moving forward. And that's where like the warrior attitude comes from. That's awesome. I've been there as well thinking, I mean, I've had this idea since I was like four years ago when I was a freshman mm -hmm. and I keep 
I feel like I've barely done anything. But when I look back, oh, come on. Well, when I look when I look back, honestly, when I step back and I look at everything. It's like wow, I you know where I started. If I, I never would have thought that I'd be here, but I definitely always I feel some sort of pressure. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are waiting for these products and they're, they're, they're looking for this to grow bigger and I, I don't want to let them down and I want to I wanna do my part and do the best that I can and present the best products that I can and the best business that I can and do the most that I possibly can with it. Um, so I definitely don't want to let anyone down and I want to grow and I always have, you know, more things I want to do. I tend to overload my plate, but I just, <laughs> I definitely just shoot for the stars, so... I totally get that. Well, I think you're totally kicking butt, so keep going. I'm super inspired by you. If I had started, you know, back as early as you have, I'd be that much further along, right? So, yeah, you have a really great attitude and discipline. It takes discipline to do what you do, to be finishing school and running a business. So, I'm Oh, yeah. I get questions about that a lot. It's definitely not easy being a I full-time guess. student, um, but you know, it's, I love it. I really do. It's does, I don't feel like I'm doing work. I feel like I'm just, it's like a hobby. So I really enjoy it. Cool. And I, <laughs> I appreciate that. It means a lot to hear that for sure. Well, awesome. Well, I really hope that you guys all enjoyed all that valuable insight that we got from Jen as much as I did. It was a real pleasure to have you on with me here today. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. I know you're so busy and the fact that you took your time out of your schedule to do this, I mean, it means a lot. Um, you're welcome. So guys, that is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found some things to think about for the rest of your week. Definitely find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find the links to all of our social media on the top of our website, theartemiscompany.org. That's the A-R-T-E-M-I-S company.org. The show notes for this podcast will also be on there under the podcast tab and links to Jennifer's website and social media will be on the notes as well. Comment and let us know what you thought about this podcast in the comment sections below and on our Twitter. We'll talk about it there as well. Start a conversation about this podcast, episode three. If you have any suggestions as to what you'd like to have us talk about next, um, also let me know there in the comment section. You can also email me on our website, contact us on social media. We got plenty of avenues for you to do that. Let us know what you want to have on next podcast and maybe we'll see what we can do. We love your feedback, love your suggestions and want to hear what you guys want to hear because I don't want to just sit here and talk on the mic all day. I post a new podcast every Monday, so tune in on our next topic of thought on Monday to start your week out right. Today, I'm going to leave you with our feel-good song of the week. Today, I have Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. I think that's pretty fitting for our talk today. Have a great rest of your week, guys. See you next time. Peace. Let's go, girls.